Welcome to the Revolutionary Radio Project here on Truth Frequency Radio Network. I'm excited to be joined once again by my friend and co-host Zen Garcia for our continuing study on the Book of Enoch. Are you are you there, sir? I am, brother. It's a great honor to be here with you again, and um, just want to applaud you again in your efforts on writing that article, um, coming at it from the perspective that you did, and sharing that the Holy Spirit is the nefesh, the breath of God. That was certainly a unique perspective and uh, one that made a, a really a lot of sense and joined together a lot of facets that I don't think a lot of people, you know, really thought about or covered at all. And so uh, I'm sure that probably you've been attacked greatly for it. Uh, but, you know, truth is truth. Yeah, Um for those who don't know what you're referring to, uh, you know, last week we spent a fair amount of time talking about the issue of the, the nature of the Holy Spirit. And, uh, you know, after we did that show, I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm just going to sit down and I'm going to put together, you know, a pretty comprehensive blog on, on the topic. And for those who are interested in checking it out, if you'd like to uh, see what we're talking about, you could go to robschannel.com forward slash Zen Dash Garcia, and so it, it really addresses the whole Barbello, Sophia, the Holy Spirit, you know, and uh, you know I, it's been, you know, I've been accused by people guilty by association because of mm-hmm. some of the things that you believe, but the fact of the matter is, I believe a fair amount of it myself. <laughs> so uh-huh. uh, you know, we may have some minor differences, but I think we maybe cleared that up in last week's last week's broadcast, the first half of the show talking about uh, the various issues. Um, right. But then, you know, the more I just went through the scriptures and started putting it all together, the more I'm like, you know what, you know, here it is, take it or leave it, you know. Right. It says what right. it says, and, and using the King James, uh, the original King James with all 80 books to uh, mm-hmm. to, to wage the argument, you know, uh, and I made three major points. The Holy Spirit is defined as the breath, wind, spirit. Uh, I mean, that's the definition of the word. So... You know, uh, and just going through it and finding all kinds of stuff related to, you know, how the scriptures tell you. It's the breath of God, point blank, in the wisdom of Solomon, chapter 7, which used to be in the King James Bible. Right. Chapter 7, verse 25, and she, wisdom, is the breath of the power of God. And then in the current canon of scripture, John 20, 22, and he breathed on his disciples. You know, it says uh, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Ghost. Uh, point number two, wisdom of Proverbs is the feminine Holy Spirit. Made a case for that, and that the Greek word for wisdom is Sophia. Uh, but there were some things in there that, uh, as I was doing the study, just kind of jumped out at me. Uh, like when Yeshua is being challenged by the Pharisees in Luke right. chapter 7, verses 30 through mm-hmm. 35. And verse 35, he says, de- defending himself, he says, but wisdom, which has just been defined as the feminine spirit of Proverbs 8, Wisdom is justified of all her children, and 
you know, I'm, I'm looking at that. Yep, sure enough, wisdom, that's Sophia. Uh, and then when Yeshua has the whole conversation with Nicodemus in John chapter 3, talking about being born again and what is born of flesh is flesh and what is born of spirit is spirit, I'm like, uh, can anything be born from a male? Right. <laughs> no, right. it should go without saying that females give birth, and we just saw that in Luke, he had just said that, you know, wisdom is justified over children. So, he, you know, he's talking about the spirit giving birth. Uh, yes. So, I mean, I just really went through it uh, with a pretty fine-tooth comb. And then point number three, the original authors of Scripture and ancient commentaries agree. And that's where I put your videos. Uh, for. I finally did watch the video uh, where you were uh, showing other pastors and teachers out there that were coming to similar conclusions. Right. Um, independent. It, it was actually uh, uh, Tony uh, from God Rules. Um, uh-huh, right. I, I think he was the one that uh, brought up the issue of wisdom being known by her children. Something, whatever it was, something he said sent me on a different path than I had already. You know, I was already more or less on this page, but whatever it was, he said, I was like, that, "That's a good one." <clears throat> uh-huh. But it's all in there for people. You know, if they want to check it out, check it out. You know, uh, right. at this point, you know, <laughs> you're going to disagree. You're going to disagree, but. Mm-hmm. You're not going to have much scripture to do it with, if you're <laughs> if, if you're going to try to. Uh, and then you posted something, a, a Facebook note, I think, uh, as sort of a follow up on that. Right. Yeah, I did uh, a Facebook note, and then tonight I did a a show where I read through um, portions of your article and shared it with the the listeners, and then brought out a few other things, some of my most favorite passages from. Um, the wisdom of Solomon, you know, that speak of wisdom that sitteth by thy throne and all these different things about how wisdom was present there. Um, Just like as it says in Proverbs 8, I mean, so many passages and and even in wisdom of Jesus, son of Sirach and Baruch number three and all these apocryphal books speak of great detail about wisdom and the Holy Spirit and how she was there pre-existent with the Godhead before the foundations of the world and um, all of that so I went through a lot of that as well and did that in the show earlier this evening yeah I mean if you actually take the time to look into it you're it's overwhelming well yeah it's like so many other things I mean if you actually take the time which very few people will but right. if you do actually take the time to look into the things that you've been taught, very often you find that it, the, the conclusions are going to be vastly different from what you've been led to believe by others. Right. You know, um, you know your whole life. I mean, a lot of the stuff I never even bothered to look into it. I mean, I mean, just being honest, you know, it's like I never, I never even thought to look into it until, you know, you, you read something and you're like, hmm, that kind of challenges a few things, you know. Right. Uh, right. You know, then you're kind of forced to look at it. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, in in looking at the apocryphal texts, especially if you read the Wisdom of Solomon, it's you can't get away from it. I mean, several, probably dozens of times, just in that text alone, uh, wisdom is described in the feminine aspect, and so it forces you to reconsider everything. And then, you know, um, even though people want to say, "Oh, King James only," yet as you brought out, which I thought it was brilliant in the first part of your article, showing to people yeah, that there is another part of the King James that most people don't include. Um, 
exclude and try to say is not part of the King James, but most certainly was for hundreds of years. And um, reading and studying that, again, you see that even in the King James Bible that they want to exclude the Apocrypha, Proverbs is cut and dry. It's very clear that wisdom, again, is the feminine aspect of the Holy Spirit. And if anybody studies it, examines it with open mind, and really goes into the um, the transition of how from the Aramaic and the Syriac, um, and then it went, you know, the Hebrew also, and then to the Greek and Latin and the English, how it was changed from feminine to neuter to male, um, you know, it becomes very clear that it, it's not the Holy Spirit um, that changed, but the definition of gender for the Holy Spirit that changed over time. Yeah. Um, You were talking about uh, how things have been changed, and one of the things that really jumped out at me, I think we talked about it last week, and we won't, you know, go too too long on this for for this broadcast because we did so much last time, but just, you know, the fact that the King James Bible, you know, actually came with an edict. Uh, one of the right. archbishops that was actually one of the original translators said that you, you go to jail for a year if you take the Apocrypha out. And King James himself viewed the Apocrypha as on par with the rest of the scriptures. You know, he, he reverenced them the same, you know, as as the current canon of scriptures. He, he viewed the mm-hmm. Apocrypha the same way. But when I was looking at the, the massive reduction that took place when they removed the Apocrypha, uh, which is the, in the 1800s when they finally did that, <coughs> um, that taking out, reducing it 14 books, but that's 15%, 15% of the biblical narrative. Uh, and to put that in perspective, that's 155,000 of the original 930,000 words in the Bible. That's, so the King James no longer has 5,700 verses contained in 168 chapters, 15%. That's, yeah, that's a lot. That is a lot to remove, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's not even counting whether or not Enoch should have been considered, you know, right. canon. You know, various people right. do consider Enoch to be. Uh, yes. Of course, that that wasn't part of the 80-book collection, but still, you know. Right. Uh, w- what are we missing, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, when you consider the Ethiopic canon, Jubilees and Jasher, which are two massive collections, and compilations and then the book of Enoch just those three that's got to equate to a huge number of texts yeah yeah it's just it's so much um <clears throat> the other thing I, I've been busy doing this week is uh f- for a long time well going back to 2010 2011 uh I had a website babylonrisingblog.com and I still have that website uh, Babylon Rising Blog but <clears throat> Babylon Rising Blog originally was on my Seed the Series website uh, because it was like it's the same thing with Testing Globe it started out as one blog they just kept growing and growing and growing and finally I was like oh geez you know, I'm going to have to build a whole website just for just for that topic and you know hence uh, testingtheglobe.com was right. was created same thing happened with um Babylon Rising, you know, December 21st, 2010, I looked up and saw a blood-red lunar eclipse floating over the shoulders of Orion looking like a decapitated head for 72 minutes and I'm at at 2:22 2, 2, 2 a.m. Central Standard Time, which was 3:22 2, 2 
Eastern Standard wow. Time, and of course I'm thinking of Skull and Bones, three two two, and right. I'm like, whoa! And so that night, I wrote a very lengthy blog called Seventy Two and a Red Moon Rising, and that was actually the first blog I ever wrote. Um, and that spun off into several other subsequent blogs uh, from that one. But after I got a few blogs into it, I realized, eh, okay, this is growing. I need to create a website specifically for it. So I created BabylonRisingBlog.com and then went back and wrote a few chapters as a setup for that chapter. Um, but that's all, up until this time, it has been on a HTML-based platform. And, of course, nowadays everything is going to, like, WordPress type of you know, content management platforms. Mm-hmm. So uh, in an effort to bring everything up to date with current technology and so that it's responsive to iPhones and everything else. I've been busy reworking that website. Um, it's going to definitely be a work in progress for a little while, but I've got quite a bit done in the last week or so. Um, and now uh, BabylonRisingBlog.com still exists as the HTML site, um, but I'm reworking it on Seed the Series now. So it's SeedTheSeries.com forward slash blog. And um, these are the blogs that eventually turned into my first two books. Um and I've got a thing when you go to the page that says watch and listen. If you click on that, I'm building a uh, playlist on YouTube. And so right now I've got four videos up. I've got the, the introduction and the first three chapters. So if anybody's interested in checking that stuff out. Um, and I was trying to see, you know, how much of this is still holding up, you know, uh-huh. almost 10 years later. And at least so far, what I've looked at, you know, I still pretty much believe a lot of what, of course, I'm saying planet and stuff, you know, right, globe, right. and, uh, you know, saying things like, you know, Nimrod was building a Stargate, you know, <laughs> it wasn't yeah. about height, you know, so look, bear in mind, this is, you know, almost a decade ago, learned a few things since then, but I've been, uh, like I said, putting it over on the, the, the better platform, and so you can either look at the blog itself or just follow along with me in the video, because uh, I, I, when I started the Revolutionary Radio Project, I started on Blog Talk Radio. And back in the real early days, uh, the shows that I was doing was basically reading my blogs for, for the show. So I already had the audio for it. And I was like, well, you know, I'll just, I'll just uh, put video to it and, you know, uh, scroll down the page uh, as, I'm, as the audio is going. So now you can see and hear me reading the blogs for you. So... Uh, you know, be patient, but I'm going to try to get this done. Um, the only frustration I have had on it is that quite a number of videos are no longer there. You know, in the videos that I had embedded into the blog, uh, uh-huh. a lot of them have disappeared in, in the last 10 years. And some of the links are no good either. You know, websites have disappeared. But right. anyway, kept me busy. Um, it's it's kind of been a, a interesting going da- taking a trip down memory lane, uh, reconstructing the journey that led me to where I am today. Uh, just thinking about the evolution of uh, research. Right. Yeah, I have, um, you know, working this pre-Atomite book, I've taken um, what I've written of like the pre-Atomite and the antediluvian world, um, many of the chapters from some of my other books, and a lot of that same, uh, the heliocentric cosmology and having written for that kind of worldview and then reviewing it and going through it, um, you know, you see the evolution of growth and how much uh, with regard to truth and learning about it, you know, just thought and perspective changes. 
and um, it's you know it's a beautiful thing because it, it just shows uh, continuously how much we are learning and how much there is to come to knowledge upon and come to re revelation on with regard to not only um, the, you know the world and, and the creator but also you know the things of the gospel and the, the riddles contained there even you know again even just like the the book of Enoch um, and doing this show and looking at and examining a lot of like the book on the courses of the heavenly luminaries and how much my thought has changed since 2015 just on all of that mm -hmm. yeah it, it really is amazing how how you know if you spend your time doing a lot of research it should change your mind you know the the, yeah, the, the more you study and go down different rabbit holes and different paths of research it, it, it should naturally evolve and your, your thinking should change and we've talked about this in previous broadcasts you know the, the frustration in is like okay do do I go back and re-edit all my old stuff? Or, and then I finally just said, you know what? No, that's that is what I believed then. Yeah, what, right. And then my new stuff, I'll just reference that and say, look, this is what I, you know, and I can laugh about it now. I was like, you know what? I was so dogmatic about this. This is what I believed back then. What's frightening, though, is as dogmatic as I am about things today, what's the me of 10 years from now going to say? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah, right. That's where you, they say, you know, the older you get, the more you realize you don't know anything. Mm -hmm. It's like when you're a teenager, you know everything. You know, <laughs> right, your parents yeah, exactly. are your parents are idiots, and you know you know everything. And right, right. The older you get, the more you realize, the less you know. Right. Um, right. But I, I love the journey. And uh, somebody in the chat room just asked, "What is your knowledge of the third celestial body that is one seventh the light of the moon?" Um, I, you know, I, I I've, that's the lesser light of Enoch. Um, mm -hmm. I, you know, there are other cultures out there, um, like the Hindus, that uh, viewed that they were ha they had a knowledge of it, and they viewed it as Rahu and Kitu. Um, mm -hmm. In their mythology, those were like decapitated heads of demons that swallowed up the moon every now and then, and the moon would pop out the the hole on the other side. Um, but reading uh, Gerard Hickson's book, uh, Kings Dethroned, and even uh, Zetetic uh, Zetetic Astronomy by Samuel Robotham. Uh, both of them referred to science of their day, and, and we're talking about the mid to late 1800s and into the early 1900s, all the way up to about 1920. They said that they were aware of shadow bodies or you know dark objects, you know right. dark orbs that were in our so-called solar system or whatever you want to call it now, um, floating around out there. So. Yeah, I have no problem believing that there could be something. Why not, right? I mean, it, even when I was in the Copernican model Nibiru camp, uh, I don't know if you remember this, but if, you know, a few, it was just a few years ago that people were posting images supposedly from Soho and some of the other satellites that supposedly uh, keep an eye on the on the sun, and right. they were showing these massive black orbs that looked like they were siphoning off energy from the sun. And mm -hmm. they're saying, see, that's Nibiru or whatever. I mean, they, they were like moon or planet size uh, spherical dark objects that were being picked up. And, of course, you know, the, the planet X Nibiru camp was all over that. And I'm going, right. well, I mean, if you can have dark orbs in that camp, why can't we have it in the biblical camp? You know, right. I mean, if we acknowledged it before, why couldn't we acknowledge it now? And so that's do you have anything you'd you'd add on the, on that particular topic? Well, yeah, and um, you know, in the firmament book, I wrote about how 
in the book of second Enoch, it speaks about less, the lesser moon. And so that, you know, I believe is a, a mention to something other than the moon that we are seeing in the sky. And perhaps this lesser moon is an object like that, uh, a dark uh, entity that you only see when it interacts with either the moon and causing the phases or during the eclipse, because that's when, you know, supposedly the Rahu Kitu, um, they make themselves uh, apparent is during those times, because we can see them in the backdrop of the luminosity of these other objects that they then come forth, um, you know, to bear witness that they are there and they are in existence. And certainly the Vedic cosmology and as I said, with this portion of the Book of Enoch, it seems to um, speak to that. And so, yeah, I think there are things that we are unfamiliar with that we certainly don't have everything figured out. And there is more to the cosmology than we understand. And um, I think the, the mention of these two objects has to be based upon something. And uh, certainly, you know, the... It's not the Earth which is eclipsing the moon for the lunar eclipse. So. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I mean, when if you want to figure that out, just go out there. You know, when you when astronomers tell us that there's going to be a lunar eclipse, and I, actually, I think there's supposed to be one, if I'm not mistaken. I'm not. I think there's both a lunar and solar this month. I saw something recently that said that. Although I don't know if it's going to be viewable. Uh, you know, here in Texas or in the in the United States or whatever, I, I don't remember the locations mm-hmm. for where they're going to be. But you know, it's easy enough to look them up, um, see when they're going to happen, and just get out there and start taking your cameras and telescopes out there and watching stuff. And you're, you're going to see things that don't make sense. That that's right. all I can say. I mean, you know, it, it makes sense when you don't think about it. But if you spend a minute thinking about it after you view whatever it is you're looking at, and you're like, well, that shouldn't be like that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't know. I, like I said earlier, I'm at a point where I'm, I'm happy to admit, you know what, I don't know. <laughs> I just don't yeah. know. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, and uh, that's something that we have to come to, to bear as well. You know, we, we can't know everything. And, and, you know, that's why we do these kind of shows so that we can share and speak about and learn in fellowship together. But certainly nobody has all the answers only god mm-hmm. and um you know he tells us about how we don't even understand the things of the earth much less the things of heaven so <laughs> yeah right exactly well enoch is helping us uh with a little bit of both uh we got about three, I agree. three minutes before we go to the break um maybe we can take that time to figure out where we left off um i think it was chapter uh 80 Seven maybe for me. Let me see. Uh, yeah, did I read seven eighty-seven? Let me look over. I think the last one that we read was the this um, a singular star falling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, chapter eighty-eight for me. Eight, so eighty-seven for you, yeah. Uh, it was eighty-eight for you. I think so. And I saw one of those four who had come forth first, and he sees the first star. No, I think maybe 87. So 86 for you? One of the four who had come first. Oh, yeah, so uh, that's 80. That's 88, right? 
and I saw one of the yep. those four who had come forth first. He seized the first star that fallen to heaven and bound it. Uh, and they began to smite each other. Oh, we could do that one any, again anyway. The punishment yeah, of the fallen angels. Was... So that's 88 for you, and I think so for me it would be 87. Uh, it's a short one, so let me see if I can get that one before we yeah. go to break. <clears throat> then I looked at that one of the four white men who came forth first. He seized the first star which fell down from heaven, and binding it hand and foot, he cast it into a valley, a valley narrow, deep, stupendous, and gloomy. Then one of them drew his sword and gave it to the elephants, camels, and asses who began to strike each other, and the whole earth shook on account of them. And when I looked in the vision, behold, one of those four angels who came forth hurled from heaven, collected together, and took all the great stars whose form partly resembled that of horses, and binding them all hand and foot, cast them into the cavities of the earth. You might be able to get it too. Yeah. 88. And I saw one of those four who had come forth first, and he seized the first star which had fallen from the heaven, and bound it hand and foot, and cast it into an abyss. Now that abyss was narrow and deep and horrible and dark, and one of them drew a sword and gave it to those elephants and camels and asses. Then they began to smite each other, and the whole earth quaked because of them. And as I was beholding in the vision, lo, one of those four who had come forth stoned them from heaven and gathered and took all the great stars whose privy members were like those of horses and bound them all hand and foot and cast them in an abyss of the earth. Looking at um, Dr. Ken Johnson's commentary on that, he identifies the first one there. Uh, as Raphael seizing the first star, Azazel, uh, mm -hmm. which would make sense because uh, Enoch uh, says that uh, Raphael was to bind Azazel in the place called Dudiel. Yeah. Um, and then it says one of the four he identifies as Gabriel drew a sword and gave it to those elephants, camels, and asses. Uh, that's when we have the, the decree that the uh, first generation Nephilim would they want to live eternal life, but they would only live for 500 years and that they were to kill right. each other off. And that kicks right. off the uh, civil war that the Greeks later stylized into what became known as the Clash of the Titans. Yes. And then it says, and one of those first four, Michael, gathered all the great stars whose sexual organs portrayed like horses. And, oh, I'm going to break. From the dawn of man we have turned to nature to help attain balance within ourselves. But somewhere, we lost our way. Western culture is once again remembering the healing benefits of CBD, the non-psychoactive component of the hemp plant. That's why more and more people who use CBD report relief from inflammation and chronic pain, balanced blood sugar and cardiovascular system, relief from muscle tensions, tremors, migraines, headaches, anxiety, depression and the list goes on. The big question is, where do you get it? Iolife is a 99% pure CBD oil made with all organic ingredients, and it's available to TFR listeners worldwide. If you use coupon code TFR at checkout, you'll get $5 towards your order. Head on over to iolife.com now. That's A-Y-A, life, 
www.thegreatdoctor.com. Hey, it's Grace. Can we talk about something serious for a minute? Your age. Getting old has its perks. But remember, being a few years younger, you know, your hair was thicker, you didn't have so many wrinkles, that extra weight wasn't haunting you, and you just felt better. Well, we can't turn back the clocks and go back 10 or 15 years, but you can start feeling and looking 10 or 15 years younger with Nature's Youth RSF. It's a doctor-formulated daily supplement that helps your body maintain its peak performance and fight the aging process. Imagine sleeping better, looking better, and feeling better. See how Nature's Youth RSF has helped thousands of people just like you at naturesyouth.com. Naturesyouth.com. Imagine how it will feel when your family and friends are asking you what you did to look so good. Your secret will be Nature's Youth RSF. It's time to start looking better and feeling better. Learn more and order your Nature's Youth RSF at naturesyouth.com. That's naturesyouth.com. That's naturesyouth.com. Greetings, Earth Explorers. My name is Brooks Agnew, and I am your host on X Squared Radio every Sunday evening at 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Truth Frequency Radio Network. This is where the past meets the future. We explore the mysteries of the universe and of the Earth. We might go a little past your imagination, but have no fear. You will be safely traveling with us. We will dissolve the propaganda of dangerous people with dangerous plans for the planet. We will discuss the latest technologies and challenges for humankind. We will discover the safest place for you to stand when the thinkings and doings of mankind come flying apart and how you can be one of the people that helps put it back together. Join us. This is Truth Frequency Radio. No hate, no hype, no fear. Real people, real radio. We're back on the Revolutionary Radio Project. I'm your host, Rob Skiba, and we're continuing our study of the Book of Enoch. And I happened to look and see that uh, somebody on my Facebook page was wondering uh, where they could see all of the studies that are leading up to this one. Uh, so for people who may be trying to catch up and maybe just popping in on this broadcast or some of the more recent ones, uh, I've got a playlist on my YouTube channel. If you just go to my YouTube channel, Rob Skiba, look on the playlist, you'll see the Quest for Truth, the Genesis Enoch study, and you can click on Play All or View the entire playlist, and you'll see, dude, we've done 36 episodes so far. This would be 37. That is crazy. Can you believe it? <laughs> wow. that's It's a- been an incredible journey, though, and I know that... A lot of people have been blessed by uh, this interaction. So, yeah, I really enjoyed it too. This is going to be uh, quite the collection when we're when we're uh, you know finally done with it. Of course, right? Who knows what "done with it" means? Um, right. You know, we we don't got a whole lot more left to go for the Book of Enoch, but uh, then we're going back to Genesis. 
um, when we finished Enoch. And because I think we, if I remember right, we got through Genesis 6 and then we paused, shifted over to, you know, mm-hmm. we did a little bit of Joshua and Jubilees and then shifted over to um, Enoch where we are now. Uh, and then we'll go back to Genesis again. And who knows? I mean, it could take us yeah. uh, quite a while. Oh, um, yeah. And along similar lines, uh, just as a FYI for people, uh, I've started, I've got a lot more to do yet still on this, but started updating the Quest for Truth website. Uh, Right now, questfortruth.net has Doug Hamp in my face at the top. I'm probably just going to replace that picture with the Q4T logo uh, since it's now not just Doug and I, you're in it now. And I labeled the shows that we did, uh, Doug Hamp and I did, together as season one. So those 28 episodes dealt primarily with um, the book of Revelation. And so uh, season two is where I'm putting our shows. So I've I've added to the main menu. I only got four there, so I got another 32 episodes to to load on there. Um, But I'm going to give a a page for each of those. Then eventually, you know, uh, because what I did with the the Revelation series, whenever we had a, a, a topic that was, you know, pretty heavy or controversial or whatever... A lot of times you would have the episode uh, that Doug and I did together, and then I'd have an extensive blog elaboration on that episode afterwards, giving more resources for people. So, you know, maybe that's something you and I can go back and look at after we're done. And wow, we've covered a lot of really heavy topics. Yeah, we really have. Um, you know, I, I don't know. It's just like one of these to-do lists that just keeps growing Bigger right. and bigger and bigger and longer and longer and longer. Because right now all I have is just the just the episode embedded on the page. So you click on Q4T yeah. Season 2, Episode 1, boom, there's a video. So, yeah, <laughs> there's that. Yeah, whenever you don't have anything to do, <laughs> which is never. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So anyway, I just thought I would uh, let people know about that. Um, now going back to the uh, chapter that we just did, uh, Dr. Ken Johnson gives a couple of cross-references. Uh, he gives, which is, I, did, I gave some of those myself without giving the addresses. Um, Enoch chapter 10 is the correlation uh, to um, uh, Azazel being bound by Raphael. Uh, the Nephilim Civil War, he gives the reference of Jubilee 722. And then the uh, binding of the, the angels Casting them into the abyss would be Second uh, Peter two four, as mm-hmm. a reference cross reference there. So, any other thoughts that uh, you would add to that chapter? Um, just uh, Jude also Jude, speaks yeah. about mm-hmm. yeah going after strange flesh and yeah, yeah. that he spared not them uh, that abandoned their first estate. You know that that. Uh, you know, I don't understand people who want to deny the angel view of Genesis 6. Like, what do they think Peter and Jude are talking about? Like, yeah. who are the angels yeah. that are bound, you know, the four angels bound under the, the river Euphrates, for instance, John, too. So you have you have John, Jude, and Peter all giving otherwise completely cryptic, nonsensical references that have no precedence anywhere in the currently accepted canonized text. Uh you know who are these angels that are bound in chains because you can't say it's satan and you know the one third that supposedly follow right. him because 
you have Peter saying, look, he's out and about as a roaring lion seeking uh-huh. whom he may devour. I mean, other scriptures we have, you know, about principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places that, you know, we have plenty of other witnesses, Yeshua himself, um, uh, Job, you know, d- different texts all through Old and New Testament saying Satan and his minions are out and about. So if you throw out the Genesis 6 narrative in terms of angels, the, the angel narrative, who are these people? Right, right. <laughs> Who are these angels? They have no answer for that. N- nothing that makes any sense, anyway. Yeah, not not at all. And especially when you have reference of going after strange flesh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And leaving the first estate. Yeah, exactly. Uh, oh, well. Uh, okay, so that would bring us over to, for me, chapter, uh, was it, 88? Then one of those four went to the white cows and taught them a mystery. While the cow was trembling, it was born and became a man and fabricated for himself a large ship. And this he dwelt, in this he dwelt, and three cows dwelt with him in that ship which covered them. Again, I lifted up my eyes towards heaven and saw a lofty roof. Above it were seven cataracts which poured forth on a certain village much water. Again I looked, and behold, there were fountains open on the earth in that village, in that large village. The water began to boil up and rose over the earth, so that the village was not seen, while its whole soil was covered with water. Much water was over it, darkness and clouds. Then I surveyed the height of this water, and it was elevated above the village. It flowed over the village and stood higher than the earth. Then all the cows which were collected there, while I looked on them, were drowned, swallowed up, and destroyed in the water. But the ship floated above it. All the cows, the elephants, the camels, and the asses were drowned on the earth, and all cattle. Nor could I perceive them. Neither were they able to get out, but perished and sunk into the deep. Again I looked in the vision until those cataracts from that lofty roof were removed, and the fountains of the earth became equalized, while other depths were opened into which the water began to descend until the dry ground appeared. The ship remained on the earth and the darkness receded and it became light. Then the white cow, which became a man, went out of the ship and the three cows with him. One of the three cows was white, resembling that cow. One of them was red as blood and one of them was black. And the white cow left them. Then began wild beasts and birds to bring forth. Of all these, the different kinds assembled together, lions, tigers, wolves, dogs, wild boars, foxes, rabbits, and the hanser, the siset, the avis, kites, the fancas, and ravens. Then a white cow was born in the midst of them, and they began to bite each other. When the white cow, which was born in the midst of them, brought forth a wild ass and a white cow at the same time, and after that many wild asses. Then the white cow, which was born, brought forth a black wild sow and a white sheep. And that wild sow also brought forth many swine. And that sheep brought forth twelve sheep. When those twelve sheep grew up, they delivered one of them to the asses. Again, those asses delivered that sheep to the wolves. And he grew up in the midst of them. Then the Lord brought the eleven other sheep that they might dwell and feed with him in the midst of the wolves. They multiplied, and there was abundance of pasture for them. But the wolves began to frighten and oppress them, while they destroyed their young ones. 
and they left their young in torrents of deep water. Now the sheep began to cry out on account of their young and fled for refuge to the Lord, to their Lord. One, however, which was saved, escaped and went away to the wild asses. I beheld the sheep moaning, crying, and petitioning their Lord with all their might until the Lord of the sheep descended at their voice from his lofty habitation, went to them, and inspected them. He called to that sheep, which had secretly stolen away from the wolves, and told him to make the wolves understand that they were not to touch the sheep. Then that sheep went to the wolves with the sword of the Lord, when another met him and proceeded with him. Both of them together entered the dwelling of the wolves, and conversing with them made them understand that from thence forwards they were not to touch the sheep. Afterwards I perceived the wolves greatly prevailing over the sheep with their whole force. The sheep cried out, and their Lord came to them. He began to strike the wolves, who commenced a grievous lamentation, but the sheep were silent, nor from that time did they cry out. I then looked at them until they departed from the wolves. The eyes of the wolves were blind, who went out and followed them with all their might. But the Lord of the sheep proceeded with them and conducted them. All his sheep followed him. His countenance was terrific and splendid, and glorious was his aspect. Yet the wolves began to follow the sheep until they overtook them in a certain lake of water. Then that lake became divided, the water standing up on both sides before their face. And while their Lord was conducting them, he placed himself between them and the wolves. The wolves, however, perceived not the sheep, but went into the midst of the lake, following them and running after them into the lake of water. But when they saw the Lord of the sheep, they turned to fly from before his face. Then the water of the lake returned, and that suddenly according to its nature. It became full and was raised up until it covered the wolves. And I saw that all of them which had followed the sheep perished and were drowned. But the sheep passed over this water, proceeding to a wilderness which was without both water and grass. And they began to open their eaves and to see. I wonder if that's supposed to be eyes. Then I beheld the Lord of the sheep inspecting them and, be, and giving them water and grass. The sheep already mentioned was proceeding with them and conducting them. And when he ascended the top of a lofty rock, the Lord of the sheep sent him to them. Afterwards I perceived their Lord standing before them with an aspect terrific and severe. And they all beheld him, and when they all beheld him, they were frightened at his countenance. All of them were alarmed and trembled. They cried out after that sheep and to the other sheep who had been with him and who was in the midst of them, saying, We are not able to stand before our Lord or to look upon him. Then that sheep who conducted them went away and ascended the top of the rock. And the rest of the sheep began to grow blind and to wander from the path which he had shown them, but he knew it, but he knew it not. The Lord, however, was moved with great indignation against them, and when that sheep had learned what had happened, he descended from the top of the rock, coming to them, found that there were many which had become blind, and had wandering, had wandered from his path. As soon as they beheld him, they feared and trembled at his presence, and became desirous of returning to their fold. Then that sheep, taking with him other sheep, went to those which had wandered, and afterwards began to kill them. They were terrified at his countenance. Then he caused those which had wandered to return, who went forth, who went back to their fold. I likewise saw there in the vision that the, this sheep became a man, built an house for the Lord of the sheep, and made them all stand in that house. I perceived also that the sheep which proceeded to meet this sheep, their conductor, died. 
I saw, too, that all the great sheep perished, while smaller ones rose up in their place, entered into a pasture, and approached a river of water. Then that sheep, their conductor, who became a man, was separated from them and died. All the sheep sought after him and cried for him with bitter lamentation. I saw likewise that they ceased to cry after that sheep and passed over the river of water, and that there arose other sheep, all of whom conducted them, instead of those who were dead and who had previously conducted them. Then I saw that the sheep entered into a goodly place and a territory delectable and glorious. I saw also that they became satiated, that their house was in the midst of a delectable territory, and that sometimes their eyes were opened, and that sometimes they were blind, until another sheep arose and conducted them. He brought them all back, and their eyes were opened. Then dogs, foxes, and wild boars began to devour them, until again another sheep arose, the master of the flock, one of themselves, a ram, to conduct them. This ram began to butt on every side those dogs, foxes, and wild boars, until they all perished. But the former sheep opened his eyes and saw the ram in the midst of them, who had laid aside his glory. And he began to strike the sheep, treading upon them and behaving himself without dignity. Then the Lord went. Then the Lord sent the former sheep again to a still different sheep and raised him up to be a ram and to conduct them instead of that sheep who had laid aside his glory. Going therefore to him... And conversing with him alone, he raised up that ram and made him a prince and leader of the flock. All the time that the dogs troubled the sheep, the first ram paid respect to this latter ram. Then the latter ram arose and fled away from before his face, and I saw that those dogs caused the first ram to fall. But the latter ram arose and conducted the smaller sheep. That ram likewise begat many sheep and died. Then there was a smaller sheep, a ram instead of him, which became a prince and leader conducting the flock. And the sheep increased in size and multiplied, and all the dogs, foxes, and wild boars feared and fled away from him. That ram also struck and killed all the wild beasts, so that they could not again prevail in the midst of the sheep, nor at any time ever snatch them away. And that house was made large and wide, a lofty tower being built upon it by the sheep for the lord of the sheep. The house was low, but the tower was elevated and very high. Then the Lord of the sheep stood upon that tower and caused all, and caused a full table to approach before him. Again I saw that those sheep wandered and went various ways, forsaking that their house, and that their Lord called to some among them whom he sent to them. But these the sheep began to kill. And when one of them was saved from slaughter, he leaped and cried out against those who were desirous of killing him. But the Lord of the sheep delivered him from their hands and made him ascend to him and remain with him. He sent also many others to them to testify and with lamentations to exclaim against them. Again I saw, when some of them forsook the house of their Lord and his tower wandering on all sides and growing blind, I saw that the Lord of the sheep made a great slaughter among them in their pasture until they cried out to him in consequence of that slaughter. Then he departed from the place of his habitation and left them in the power of lions, tigers, wolves, and the zebit, and in the power of foxes and of every beast. And the wild beasts began to tear them. I saw, too, that he forsook the house of their fathers and their tower, giving them all into the power of lions to tear and devour them into the power of every beast. 
Then I began to cry out with the, all my might, imploring the Lord of the sheep and showing him how the sheep had, were devoured by all the beasts of prey. But he looked on in silence, rejoicing that they were devoured, swallowed up and carried off, and leaving them in the power of every beast for food. He called also seventy shepherds and assigned to them the care of the sheep that they might overlook them, saying to them and to their associates, Every one of you henceforwards overlook the sheep, and whatsoever I command you do, and I will deliver them to you numbered. I will tell you which of them shall be slain. These destroy. He delivered the sheep to them. Then he called to another and said, Understand and watch everything which the shepherds shall do to these sheep, for many more of them shall perish than I have commanded. Of every excess and slaughter which the shepherds shall commit, there shall be an account, as how many may have perished by my command, and how many they may have destroyed of their own heads. Of all the destruction brought about by each of the shepherds, there shall be an account, and according to the number, I will cause a recital to be made before me, how many they have destroyed of their own heads, and how many they have delivered up to destruction, that I may have this testimony against them, that I may know all their proceedings, and that delivering the sheep to them, I may see what they will do, whether they will act as I have commanded them or not. Of this, however, they shall be ignorant. Neither shalt thou make any explanation to them, neither shalt thou reprove them, but there shall be an account of all destruction done by them in their respective seasons. Then they began to kill and destroy more than it was commanded them, and they left the sheep in the power of lions, so that very many of them were devoured and swallowed up by lions and tigers and wild boars preyed upon them. That tower they burned and overthrew that house. Then I grieved extremely on account of the tower, and because the house of the sheep was overthrown. Neither was I afterwards able to perceive whether they again entered that house. The shepherds likewise and their associates delivered them to all the wild beasts, that they might devour them. Each of them in his season, according to his number, was delivered up. Each of them, one with another, was described in a book. How many of them, one with another, were destroyed in a book? More, however... Then was ordered, every shepherd killed and destroyed. Then I began to weep and was greatly indignant on account of the sheep. In like manner also I saw in the vision him who wrote, how he wrote down one destroyed by the shepherds every day. He ascended, remained, and exhibited each of his books to the Lord of the sheep, containing all which they had done, and all which each of them had made away with, and all which they had delivered up to destruction. He took the book up in his hands, read it, sealed it, and deposited it. After this I saw the shepherds overlooking for twelve hours. And behold, three of the sheep departed, arrived, went in, and began building all which was fallen down of that house. But the wild boars hindered them, although they prevailed not. Again they began to build as before, and raised up that tower which was called a lofty tower. And again they began to place before the tower a table, with every impure and unclean kind of bread upon it. Moreover, also all the sheep were blinded and could not see, and were the shepherds likewise. Thus were they delivered up to the shepherds for a great destruction, who trod them underfoot and devoured them. Yet was the Lord silent until all the sheep in the field were destroyed. The shepherds and the sheep were all mixed together, but they did not save them from the power of the beasts. Then he who wrote the book ascended, exhibited it, 
and read it at the pre- resist, uh, residence of the Lord of the sheep. He petitioned him for them and prayed, pointing out every act of the shepherds and testifying before him against them all. Then taking the book, he deposited it with him and departed. Wow, that's a... That's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot. Uh, your turn. <laughs> actually... You sure you didn't want to read that again? Yeah, well, actually, we... Uh, we only got four minutes before we go to the break, so maybe we can give a little bit of commentary on that uh, and then yeah. see if there's any difference in the Charles translation, because I know there is, certainly in the beginning of it, uh, mm-hmm. with the lofty roof deal. Right. Well, I think that's, uh, you know, when it comes to cosmology, that stood out to both you and I uh, when we were considering, you know, the structure of the the firmament and also Isaiah forty twenty two. Who, who sitteth upon the circle of the earth and how that um, the, the heavens are spread out as a curtain above it. Mm-hmm. Um, that this enclosure, you know, again, um, it, it was filled up and the water levels elevated above the mountains and all the dry land disappeared. That the fountains of the deep were open and the windows of heaven opened and the rain and the water just kept pouring in until this uh, snow globe terrarium was full Um, and that seems to be exactly what this story is speaking about here Mm -hmm. yeah definitely in the beginning of it so we have maybe to kind of summarize this a little bit we have the flood account obviously and I know mm-hmm. the Charles one goes into more detail about a lofty roof and then filling an enclosure right. enclosure uh, yes. he, he just calls it a village here in the in the Lawrence translation a large village but um, it says in an enclosure so mm-hmm. um, which you know at the time a village typically would be enclosed with you know uh, you know walled cities and whatnot but uh, in terms of biblical cosmology I think the Charles nails it a lot uh, yeah, absolutely. A lot more in the beginning. In about verse 11, we have uh, the lineage from Abraham to Joseph. If you're following mm-hmm. that, the white bull being Isaac and the wild boar Esau. Um, mm-hmm. We have a white bull, Abraham, who has a wild ass, ass Ishmael, and a white bull, Isaac. Um, and the, the wild boar Esau and the white sheep, Jacob slash Israel, who then had bore the 12 sheep, of course, the 12 tribes of Israel. Uh, and then talking about sort of the issues between the Ishmaelites and the Israelites and Joseph being sold into slavery uh, right. to the wolves, which were the Egyptians. Um, and then we get to the sheep that was leading them. Um, so you have Moses uh, among the um, Egyptians. And then we finally get to the Exodus in verse 21. Uh, and uh, the coming across that water that is split, of course, that's the Red Sea. Right. Uh, that continues till we get to Moses uh, in verse, uh, was it 30? Let me try to, that's where he gets, um, uh, goes up on Mount Sinai uh, from 30, right. 30 to 35, and then 36 to 40 or so is where we're talking about the 40 years in the wilderness. Uh, right. And then we get to the Judges period, which is kind of interesting and a little bit confusing unless you're familiar with the biblical narrative right. as yeah. far as what's going on uh, from verses uh, 41 and following. Oh, actually, really, 41 just pretty much covers the Judges period. And then we get to King Saul in chapter 42. 
um, the dogs being the Philistines and the foxes, uh, the Am- Ammonites and Moabites and wild boars, Edom and Amalek, uh, beginning to devour the sheep. And you got Saul dealing with all that until we see David rise up in verse 45. Uh, and there's the whole deal with uh, David and Saul and David and the Philistines. And we get to Solomon in verse uh, 49-ish, 49-50. Um, then we get to the prophets after that, Elijah, uh, around 52. And the kings of Israel and Judah, 54 and following. Assyria and Babylonian captivities. Uh, and then the 70 shepherds, 59 uh, through 64. Then we're in the Rehoboam and Zedekiah phase from chapter 60 or verse 65 through 71. And now we go to break. All right. Censorship and regulation is becoming an ever-growing problem in today's modern media. From the mainstream to YouTube and Google, the information you're looking for is buried by official narratives and propaganda. This is why TFR is 100% uncensored, unregulated, and listener-supported. The shows on TFR are not micromanaged by the station, and our hosts are free to speak their minds however they please. As such, the views and opinions expressed on our station are of those who make them. If you happen to hear anything offensive on TFR, please send us an email to toughtitty at tfrlive.com and we'll be happy to tell you that we really don't give a damn. We stand for freedom of speech and non-censorship. If you also stand for free speech, you can go to tfrlive.com slash sign up and sign up for a TFR supporter pass and help us in our mission to keep the airwaves uncensored and unregulated. TFR Live your uncensored and unregulated protection from deception. New charges and more arrests. I'm Carmen Roberts, Fox News. Prosecutors charged three more former Minneapolis police officers in George Floyd's death and file a new tougher charge against the officer who knelt on his neck. Minnesota Governor Tim Walz thanking protesters who observe the curfew and protest peacefully. You have done everything that was asked of you. You've done it with an understanding that that created the space for the dialogues. It created the space to bring the human rights and and the civil rights issue forward on the police department. It created the space to let Attorney General Ellison bring charges forward today. It created the space for communities to start to heal and build coalitions. It created the space for legislators to put together a package that needs to be addressed. Many protesters in New York City ignoring the 8 p.m. curfew say charging the officers is not enough and there needs to be systemic change. The atmosphere is much calmer tonight than two days ago when the city suffered widespread looting and rioting. New York Police Chief of Department Terrence Monaghan is defending his officers in the face of criticism from New York Governor Cuomo. We've been facing rocks, bottles, bricks. We've been shot at. We've been run over by cars. But they're still out there, as you can see, in force, keeping the city safe, being extremely effective out there, doing the job, making sure that this city is our city. We are one with the protesters who are out there for a justified cause, but not with the people who want to cause mayhem to our city. Former Defense Secretary Jim Mattis criticizing President Trump for widening the divisions in American society and for threatening to use military power 
to quell civil disturbances. The president responding by tweeting, probably the only thing Barack Obama and I have in common is that we both had the honor of firing Jim Mattis, the world's most overrated general. America's listening to Fox News. You must unite what is in citizen. We are TFR. Truth Frequency Radio. And we're back on the Revolutionary Radio Project. I'm your host, Rob Skiba, and we're going through our study of the Book of Enoch and the Animal Apocalypse. And right before the break, I was giving sort of a quick summary of various chapter points and what the Animal Apocalypse was a covering, was covering in terms of a, a biblical timeline in world history. Uh, there's just a few more that I'll uh, read off here that are actually uh, highlighted in the um, Charles version. So. I'm just giving this a sort of a setup for when you do your reading, uh, yeah. and I'll have it on the screen yeah, so people good. people can see it uh, on the screen, uh, what period's covering what. So it is interesting. And the the verse point that I'm uh, the verses that I um, groupings that I'm talking about here. Uh, I'm I'm reading this from Dr. Ken Johnson's uh, commentary. Uh, the verses are different in the Lawrence that he references, but um, you'll see it in a minute when we do the Charles. That these line up, but I, I did find his commentary on the um, verses 72 through 74. Uh, it, it starts off talking about the the shepherds pastured for 12 hours, and behold, three of those sheep turned back and came, and entered and began to build up all that had fallen down of the house. Uh, it's talking about the Babylonian uh, Babylon to Antiochus Epiphany. He's talking about 12 hours uh, as a allegory for the Gentile powers. The first one being the Babylonian Empire under Nebuchadnezzar, second Persian Empire under Cyrus, third Grecian Empire under Alexander the Great, fourth the uh, Ptolemaic, Ptolemaic Empire under Ptolemy the First, the Seleucid Empire fifth under Antiochus the Second, sixth the uh, Ptolemaic Empire under Ptolemy the Third, seventh the Seleucid Empire under Seleuc Seleucus the Third, the eighth the, the Ptolemaic Empire under Ptolemy the Fourth, Ninth, the Seleucid Empire under Antiochus the Third, Tenth, Ptolemaic Empire under Ptolemy the Fifth, Eleventh, the Seleucid Empire under Antiochus Epiphanes, and then we get to the Maccabean Gap, and then the twelfth hour representing the Roman Empire under Caesar, and then the remaining verses take us into the Maccabean rule to Rome, uh, which brings us up to the age of the Gospels. So that's just a, a quick summary of what we just went over. But as I said, when uh, Zen reads the Charles version, Charles was kind enough to go ahead and put a, a lot of those um, uh, little notes in there for us, separating the chapter points. So All right. have fun reading War yeah. and Peace, 2,000 pages of War and Peace, right? Right, right. <laughs> 
and one of those four went to that white bull and instructed him in a secret without his being terrified he was born a bull and became a man and built for himself a great vessel and dwelt thereon and three bulls dwelt with him in that vessel and they were covered in and again I raised mine eyes towards heaven and I saw a lofty roof with seven water torrents thereon and those torrents flowed with much water into an enclosure and I saw again and behold fountains were open on the surface of that great enclosure and that water began to swell and rise upon the surface and I saw that enclosure till all its surface was covered with water and the water the darkness and mist increased upon it and as I looked at the height of that water that water had risen above the height of that enclosure and was streaming over that enclosure and it stood upon the earth and all the cattle of that enclosure were gathered together until I saw how they sank and were swallowed up and perished in that water but that vessel floated on the water while all the oxen and elephants and camels and asses sank to the bottom with all the animals so that it could no longer see them and they were not able to escape but perished and sank into the depths and again I saw in the vision till those water torrents were removed from that high roof and the chasms of the earth were leveled up and other abysses were opened then the water began to run down into these till the earth became visible but that vessel settled on the earth and the darkness retired and light appeared but that white bull which had become a man came out of that vessel and the three bulls with him and one of those there was white like that bull and one of them was red as blood and one black and that white bull departed from them and they began to bring forth beasts of the field and birds so that there arose different genera lions tigers wolves dogs hyenas wild boars foxes squirrels swine falcons vultures kites eagles and ravens and among them was born a white bull and they began to bite one another but that white bull which was born amongst them begat a wild ass and a white bull with it and the wild asses multiplied but that bull was born from him begat a black wild boar and a white sheep and the former begat many boars but that sheep begat twelve sheep and when those twelve sheep had grown they gave one of them to the asses and those asses again gave up that sheep to the wolves and that sheep grew up among the wolves and the Lord brought the eleven sheep to live with it and to pasture with it among the wolves and they multiplied and became many flocks of sheep and the wolves began to fear them and they oppressed them until they destroyed their little ones and they cast their young into a river of much water but those sheep began to cry aloud on account of their little ones and to complain unto their Lord and a sheep which had been saved from the wolves fled and escaped to the wild asses 
And I saw the sheep, how they lamented and cried and besought their Lord with all their might, till that Lord of the sheep descended at the voice of the sheep from a lofty abode and came to them and pastured them. And he called that sheep which had escaped the wolves and spake with it concerning the wolves that it should admonish them not to touch the sheep. And the sheep went to the wolves according to the word of the Lord. And another sheep met it and went with it. And the two went and entered together into the assembly of those wolves and spake with them and admonished them not to touch the sheep from henceforth. And thereupon I saw the wolves and how they oppressed the sheep exceedingly with all their power. And the sheep cried aloud and the Lord came to the sheep and they began to smite those wolves and the wolves began to make lamentation. But the sheep became quiet and forthwith ceased to cry out. And I saw the sheep till they departed from amongst the wolves. But the eyes of the wolves were blinded. Those wolves amongst the wolves were blinded and those wolves departed in pursuit of the sheep with all their power and the Lord of the sheep went with them as their leader and all his sheep followed him and his face was dazzling and glorious and terrible to behold but the wolves began to pursue those sheep till they reached a sea of water and that sea was divided and the water stood on this side and on that before their face. And their Lord led them and placed himself between them and the wolves. And as those wolves did not yet see the sheep, they proceeded into the midst of that sea. And the wolves followed the sheep, and those wolves ran after them into that sea. And when they saw the Lord of the sheep, they turned to flee before his face. But that sea gathered itself together and became as it had been created. And the water swelled and rose till it covered those wolves. And I saw till all the wolves who pursued those sheep perished and were drowned. But the sheep escaped from that water and went forth into a wilderness where there was no water and no grass. And they began to open their eyes and to see. And I saw the Lord of the sheep pasturing them, giving them water and grass, and that sheep going and leading them. And that sheep ascended to the summit of that lofty rock, and the Lord of the sheep sent it to them. And after that I saw the Lord of the sheep, who stood before them in his appearance was great and terrible and majestic. And all those sheep saw him and were afraid before his face. And they all feared and trembled because of him. And they cried to that sheep with them, which was amongst them, We are not able to stand before our Lord, or to behold him and that sheep which led them again ascended to the summit of that rock but the sheep began to be blinded and to wander from the way which he had showed them but that sheep what not thereof and the lord of the sheep was wrathful exceedingly against them and that sheep discovered it and went down from the summit of the rock and came to the sheep and found the greatest part of them blinded and fallen away. And when they saw it, they feared and trembled at its presence and desired to return to their folds. And that sheep took other sheep with it and came to those sheep 
which had fallen away and began to slay them. And the sheep feared its presence. And thus that sheep brought back those sheep that had fallen away, and they returned to their folds. And I saw in this vision till that sheep became a man and built the house of the Lord of the sheep and placed all the sheep in that house. And I saw till the sheep which had met that sheep which led them fell asleep. And I saw till all the great sheep perished and little ones arose in their place and they came to a pasture and approached the stream of water. Then that sheep, their leader, which had become a man, withdrew from them and fell asleep. And all the sheep sought it and cried over it with a great crying. And I saw till they left out crying for that sheep and crossed that stream of water. And there arose the two sheep as leaders in the place of those which had led them and fallen asleep, had fallen asleep and led them. And I saw till the sheep came to a goodly place in a pleasant and glorious land. And I saw till those sheep were satisfied and that house stood amongst them in the pleasant land. And sometimes their eyes were open and sometimes blinded till another sheep arose and led them and brought them all back and their eyes were opened and the dogs and the foxes and the wild boars began to devour those sheep till the Lord of the sheep raised up another sheep, a ram from their midst, which led them. And that ram began to butt on either side those dogs, foxes, and wild boars till he had destroyed them all. And that sheep whose eyes were open saw that ram which is amongst the sheep till it forsook its glory and began to butt those sheep and trampled upon them and behaved itself unseemly. And the Lord of the sheep sent the lamb to another lamb and raised it to being a ram and leader of the sheep instead of that ram which had forsaken its glory. And it went to it and spake to it alone and raised to it to being a ram and made it the prince and leader of the sheep. But during all these things, those dogs oppressed the sheep and the first ram pursued the second ram. And that second ram arose and fled before it. And I saw till those dogs pulled down the first ram. And that second ram arose and led the little sheep. And those sheep grew and multiplied. But all the dogs and foxes and wild boars feared and fled before it. And that ram butted and killed the wild beasts. And those wild beasts had no longer any power among the sheep and robbed them no more of aught. And that ram began many sheep and fell asleep. And a little sheep became ram in its stead and became prince and leader of those sheep. And that house became great and broad, and it was built for those sheep. And a tower lofty and a great was built on the house for the lord of the sheep. And that house was low, but the tower was elevated and lofty and the lord of the sheep stood on that tower and they offered a full table before him and again i saw those sheep that they again erred and went many ways and forsook that their house and the lord of the sheep called some from amongst the sheep and sent them to the sheep but the sheep began to slay them 
and one of them was saved and was not slain. And it sped away and cried aloud over the sheep, and they sought to slay it. But the Lord of the sheep saved it from the sheep and brought it up to me and caused it to dwell there. And many other sheep he sent to those sheep to testify unto them and lament over them. And after that I saw that when they forsook the house of the Lord and his tower, they fell away entirely, and their eyes were blinded. And I saw the Lord of the sheep, how he wrought much slaughter amongst them in their herds, until those sheep invited that slaughter, and betrayed his place, and he gave them over into the hands of the lions and tigers and wolves and hyenas, and into the hand of the foxes, and to all of the wild beasts, and those wild beasts began to tear in pieces those sheep and I saw that he forsook their house and their tower and gave them all into the hand of the lions to tear and devour them into the hands of all the wild beasts and I began to cry aloud with all my power and appeal to the Lord of the sheep and to represent to him in regard to the sheep that they were devoured by all the wild beasts but he remained unmoved and though he saw it and rejoiced that they were devoured and swallowed and robbed and left them to be devoured in the hand of the beasts. And he called seventy shepherds, cast those sheep to them that they might pasture them. And he spake to the shepherds and their companions, let each individual you pasture the sheep henceforward and everything that I shall command you do ye and I will deliver them over unto you duly numbered and tell you which of them are to be destroyed, and them destroy ye. And he gave over unto them those sheep, and he called another, and spake unto him, Observe and mark everything that the shepherds will do to those sheep, for they will destroy more of them than I have commanded them, and every excess and the destruction which will be wrought through the shepherds record, namely, how many they destroy according to my command and how many according to their own caprice, record against every individual shepherd all the destruction he effects and read out before me by number how many they destroy and how many they deliver over for destruction, that I may have this as a testimony against them and know every deed of the shepherds that I may comprehend and see what they do whether or not they abide by my command which I have commanded them but they shall not know it and thou shalt not declare it to them nor admonish them but only record against each individual all the destruction which the shepherds affect each in his time and lay it all before me and I saw to those shepherds pastured in their season and they began to slay and to destroy more than they were bidden. And they delivered those sheep into the hand of the lions. And the lions and the tigers ate and devoured the greater part of those sheep. And the wild boars ate along with them. And they burnt that tower and demolished that house. And I became exceedingly sorrowful over that tower because the house of the sheep was demolished. And afterwards I was unable to see it. Those sheep entered that house, 
and the shepherds and their associates, delivered over those sheep to all the wild beasts to devour them, and each one of them received in his time a definite number. It was written by the other in a book how many each one of them destroyed of them, and each one slew and destroyed many more than was prescribed. And I began to weep and lament on account of those sheep. And thus in the vision I saw that one who wrote how he wrote down every one that was destroyed by those shepherds day by day and carried up and laid down and showed actually the whole book to the Lord of the sheep, even everything that they had done and all that each one of them had made away with and all that they had given over to destruction. And the book was read before the Lord of the sheep, and he took that book from his hand and read it and sealed it and laid it down. And forthwith I saw how the shepherds pastured for twelve hours. And behold, three of those sheep turned back and came and entered and began to build up all that had fallen down of that house. But the wild boars tried to hinder them, but they were not able. And they began again to build as before, and they teared, they reared up that tower, and it was named the High Tower. And they began again to place a table before the tower, but all the bread on it was polluted and not pure. And as touching all this, the eyes of those sheep were blinded so that they saw not, and the eyes of their shepherds likewise. And they delivered them in large numbers to their shepherds for destruction, and they trampled the sheep with their feet and devoured them. And the Lord of the sheep remained unmoved till all the sheep were dispersed over the field and mingled with them the seventy-six beasts. And they, the shepherds, did not save them out of the hand of the beasts. And this one who wrote the book carried it up and showed it and read it before the Lord of the sheep and implored him on their account and besought him on their account as he showed him all the doings of the shepherds and gave testimony before him against all the shepherds. And he took the actual book and laid it down beside him and departed. So it looks like uh, Charles ends earlier than uh, Lawrence did. It looks like Lawrence kept going. Uh, so that would be chapter, what, 90 for you? Mm-hmm. Uh, although we got Continue. four minutes before the break. You're not going to get through all this. No. So, yeah, there's a good number of 42 verses <laughs> in the right. next chapter there. <clears throat> um, let's see, what do we got? Four minutes before the break, yeah. Um, so that previous chapter... Uh, is a lot more explicit in the first few verses uh, regarding the enclosure. And I went and looked it up in one of the more modern translations. Uh, It's uh, a new translation by Nicholsberg and Vanderkam, uh, First Enoch, a new translation. And in that one, uh, they reckon it as an enclosure also. It says, And one of those four went to one of the white bulls and taught it a mystery, trembling as it was. It was a 
it was born a bull, but became a man. He built himself a vessel and dwelt in it. And three bulls dwelt with him on that vessel, and the vessel was covered and roofed over them. And again, I lifted my eyes toward heaven, and I saw a high roof and seven sluices, S-L-U-I-C-E, uh, on it. And those sluices were pouring out much water into an enclosure. enclosure. And I looked again, and fissures opened up in the floor of that large enclosure. And that water began to bubble up and rise above the floor. And I was looking at that enclosure until all the floor was covered with water. So, I mean, it is like point blank. We're talking about a snow globe. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I'll share something from the Perk D. Rabbi Eliezer uh, about the creation at the very beginning. It says, The dome or inside shape of the heavens ascends upwards like a tub, that is to say, like a tent, a denda, which is spread out with its extremities fixed downwards, and its dome stretching upwards so that the people can sit beneath it, and their feet stand on the earth, whilst all of them are inside the tent. In likewise are the heavens, their extremities are fixed downwards, and their dome stretches upward, and all the creatures dwell beneath them, as in a tent, as it is said, and he spreadeth them out as a tent to dwell in. Yeah, definitely. Uh, while you were talking, I was showing on the testingtheglobe.com website, if people go into more resources and they click the tab under more resources, it says in the drop-down menu, uh, Enoch's domed world. And I'm like, mm -hmm. Enoch is a slam dunk for the flat earthers. Uh, this was right. back in my beginning of the research you know we're talking like april 2015 shortly after having mark Sargent on my show as i was like i'm gonna figure this out and start looking at the bible I was like oh man you know hit the firmament and i looked at enoch and i'm like what right. um wow i mean lofty roof enclosure and that's what prompted me to create the 3d model that uh, i call the yahua terrarium was mm -hmm. was based on that including where it talked about i saw other openings to receive that water because, uh, you know, the question is like, okay, you fill up the bathtub, but how do you empty it? You yeah, know? yeah, um, right. And in my model, I've got these uh, cutaways inside the walls, and I've got uh, uh, fountains of the deep and uh, storehouses of the deep. Because mm -hmm. we even in the canonized text have reference to storehouses of the deep. So my thinking was the water came into that enclosure from above the firmament, filled the enclosure... Well, where does the water go? Well, it went into the storehouses of the deep, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it gets, it's speculation, but it's taking the text and trying to make sense of it, and that's the conclusion I came to anyway. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It makes sense to me. All right. Um, we are going yeah. to break, and we'll come back, and you can finish up the next few verses. All right. Reviews for Extendivite are amazing. Here are some from Amazon. By Christine, great for heart palpitations. By Anne, before I started using this product, every afternoon, my ankles and my hands would be swollen. That doesn't happen anymore. So if that part of their advertising is true, I have to assume that the rest of it is also. 
Not to mention that when I had my yearly blood test, only a few weeks after beginning to use this product, my cholesterol had dropped over 30 points. I'm going to continue to take it. By Croc, I love this product. It really works. By Brad, works great, thank you. Tell us your story. Get your Extendivite today. To order, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822. Or visit heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Extendivite. Hey, folks. Guess what the number one phrase that Life Change Tea receives by email? You ready? We love this tea. We love this tea. Time after time, week after week, we love this tea. Life Change Tea gives you more energy, a beautiful cleansing, and fulfills its slogan perfectly, the tea that makes you go. So if you want to be on your health game, log on to GetTheTea.com and order Life Change Super Strength Tea. Packages come in a one-month supply, and when you brew this stuff, wait until you see the results. Aren't we all about the results? And with a lot of people's health struggling, we can use a little bit of help. Doctors will tell you, disease starts in the gut. So log on to GetTheTea.com. That's GetTheTea.com. Be our next email saying, I love this tea. I mean, I love this tea. Get the tea at GetTheTea.com. Helping America one tea bag at a time. Dowsing is the ancient science of finding water and metal underground. Albert Einstein said that dowsing was tapping into earth energies which modern science as yet does not understand. Diamonds, silver, gold and platinum objects have all been found using dowsing. And now, for the first time on film, we visit the pyramids, Stonehenge, and ancient sites, dowsing for buried treasure and tapping into this mysterious earth energy. The Enigma Channel, intelligent television for planet Earth, enigmatv.com. No hype, no fear. You're We're back on the Revolutionary Radio Project. I'm your host, Rob Skiba. For the final half-hour segment of this broadcast, we are going through the Book of Enoch. Zen was reading from the R.H. Charles translation. Um, uh, let me switch over. To, in chapter, or excuse me, in verse uh, uh, 61, it talks about 
when he had given the sheep over to them, he called another and said, Write down everything that the shepherds do to these sheep, for they will destroy more of them than I have commanded. And then in the end of the chapter that you just read, it says that he took the actual book and laid it down beside him and departed. Ken Johnson uh, identifies the person writing that book as Michael, the archangel. And um, that would actually make sense to me because Michael is the the guardian angel of Israel, if you will. Um, I don't know what your take on this is. Uh, I, I am of the opinion that the restrainer uh, that Paul writes about is actually Michael, when not the Holy Spirit. That when the restrainer uh, gets out of the way, then the Antichrist is able to do what he does. And my reasoning for that is when you read the final chapter of the book of Daniel and compare that to Revelation chapter 12, it says uh, the the Michael, the great archangel, shall stand up in Daniel, and uh, some 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 translations say stand, others say rise up. Uh, I like rise up better because it's like where does he rise to? Well, go over to Daniel from Daniel twelve to Revelation twelve, and you see that he goes to fight a war in heaven. So uh, it seems to me that when the protective covering of Michael leaves the land of Israel, he's the guardian angel of that particular plot of land. Right that's when the enemy is able to go in and do what he couldn't do until the restrainer left. In the pre-trib dispensational camp, uh, I used to believe, as many people tried to tell me, that the restrainer was the Holy Spirit, but that never made sense to me because people are still getting saved in the tribulation period, and you can't get saved without the Holy Spirit. So, <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah I, I, I see it that same way. And, uh, yeah, I think that, um, you know, it would make sense to me that Michael would be caught up somewhere else, focused on something else, in order for that to be allowed to happen. And the same as, you know, uh, Israel prior, that when they fell away, even as, you know, the first tower in this book is destroyed, that they weren't acting in accord and God divorced them uh, in a similar manner that they the judgment... Um, this judgment would be allowed to come upon them in similar manner, but that there would be a remnant at the end protected, you know, the remnant that would be pure and that would be um, part of the, the true bride, the true sheep. And so, um, yeah, so it seems to play out in circularity, you know, like history repeating itself as in the days of Noah and so other um such catastrophes, even with the uh, the destruction of the temple, it seems um, that they, this also occurred on the the same day. Uh, what was it? The tenth? Um, I believe it was the tenth of maybe it was a dar. I'm not. I, I forget exactly, but the the destruction of the temple both in 587 and 70 mm. AD. Yeah. They took place on the same day. Yeah, I was trying to think of the dates myself. I, I know what you're talking about. Uh, memory fails me at the moment, but I, I'm familiar yeah. I'm familiar with the argument, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, I was curious about the 70 shepherds uh, that is mentioned in verse 35, and he called 70 shepherds and gave the care of the sheep over to them. Uh, 
And Ken Johnson goes through them, uh, starting with Rayabom. And let's see how far he gets. He gets through Agrippa, 34. So he numbers 1 through 34 up to Agrippa. 35, Barcopa. Interesting. Um, and then I don't see where he picks up the count anywhere. I've heard that argument before, and people try to say that that continues to uh, the current leaders of Israel. Not sure mm -hmm. I buy that argument, though, but it's, it is interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. Well, certainly, um, there, you know, is the whole precedence of the princes and rulers of Israel and that falling away and not leading them. And they're given authority over the people. And, uh, you know, again, the, the testimony of them decimating, uh, even with, you know, our leaders here how they allow the innocents to be slaughtered. I mean, even with what's going on in, in the, the world right now here in America where they're allowing businesses to be torched and mm -hmm. cars to be set afire. And, you know, I, I think they're just allowing all the insanity uh, to inflame the people even more so that they can later have precedent to set martial law, you know, force vaccinations, all all of the agenda of what they want to do that uh, they're just sitting back and letting it get out of hand. Ah, crazy. Um, somebody in the chat room uh, was wondering, uh, was that Jesus sending out the 70? Uh, that's an interesting observation. Um, in the timeline of the chronology that we're given here, this is quite some time before Yeshua, though. Right, yeah. Uh, but that is interesting. It would be an interesting thing to maybe speculate on, you know, later on looking back at this. Um, you know, it, it's chronologically out of order, but, you know, I also wonder because we, it is believed that there were 70 different languages, 70 different people groups that were right. dispersed at the Tower of Babel, and right. that each nation that came from you know each language became a nation and each nation had a an angel uh, assigned to it that's whole that's a whole divine council mm -hmm. idea that you know right. uh, Michael Heiser talks about um, so that would be interesting if there's some kind of correlation correlation yeah because yeah. that comes up you know I mean you have 70 from the house of Jacob that go down to Egypt when uh, Joseph is down there. So you got the 70 coming down from Canaan to Egypt during the famine and all that. Uh, you have the 70 uh, nation, language, people, groups from the Tower of Babel. And, of course, you have Yeshua sending out the 70 also. So uh, there's definitely something to it. I don't have the answer to it. It's just one of those right, things right. that kind of sticks in the back of my head, like, eh, I should follow up on that someday. <laughs> something to ponder for sure. Something to look into. Um Let's see if there's anything else before we move on. Well, I guess, yeah, you can go ahead and jump into chapter 90. Chapter 90, okay. And I saw till that in this manner 35 shepherds undertook the pasturing of the sheep, and they severely completed their periods, as did the first. And others received them into their hands to pasture them for their period, each shepherd in his own period. And after that I saw in my vision all the birds of heaven coming, the eagles, the vultures, the kites, the ravens. But the eagles led all 
the birds. And they began to devour those sheep and to pick out their eyes and to devour their flesh. And the sheep cried out because their flesh was being devoured by the birds. And as for me, I looked and lamented in my sleep over that shepherd who pastured the sheep. And I saw until those sheep were devoured by the dogs and eagles and kites, and they left neither flesh nor skin, nor sinew remaining on them, till only their bones stood there, and their bones too fell to the earth, and the sheep became few. And I saw until that twenty-three had undertake, undertaken the pasturing and completed, in their several periods, fifty-eight times. But behold, lambs were born by those white sheep, and they began to open their eyes and to see, and to cry to the sheep. Yea, they cried to them, but they did not hearken to what they said to them, but were exceedingly deaf, and their eyes were very exceedingly blinded. And I saw in the vision how the ravens flew upon those lambs, and took one of those lambs, and dashed the sheep in pieces, and devoured them. And I saw till horns grew upon those lambs, and the ravens cast down their horns. And I saw till there sprouted a great horn of one of those sheep, and their eyes were opened. And it looked at them, and their eyes opened, and it cried to the sheep. And the ram saw it, and all ran to it. And notwithstanding all this, those eagles and vultures and ravens and kites still kept tearing the sheep and swooping down upon them and devouring them. Still the sheep remained silent, but the rams lamented and cried out. And those ravens fought and battled with it and sought to lay low its horn. But they had no power over it. All the eagles and vultures and ravens and kites were gathered together and there came with them all the sheep of the field. Yea, they all came together and helped each other to break that horn of the ram. And I saw till the great sword was given to the sheep. And the sheep proceeded against all the beasts of the field to slay them. And all the beasts and the birds of the heaven fled before their face. And I saw that man who wrote the book according to the command of the Lord, till he opened that book concerning the destruction which those twelve last shepherds had wrought, and showed that they had destroyed much more than their predecessors before the Lord of the sheep. And I saw till the Lord of the sheep came unto them and took in his hand the staff of his wrath and smote the earth, and the earth clave asunder and all the beasts and the birds of the heaven fell from amongst those sheep and were swallowed up in the earth, and it covered them. And I saw till a throne was erected in the pleasant land, and the Lord of the sheep sat himself thereon. And the other took the sealed books and opened those books before the Lord of the sheep. And the Lord called those men the seven first white ones, and commanded that they should bring before him, beginning with the first star, which led the way all the stars whose privy members were like those of horses. 
And they brought them all before him. And he said to that man who wrote before him, being one of those seven white ones, and said unto him, Take those seventy shepherds to whom I delivered the sheep, and who, taking them on their own authority, slew more than I commanded them. And behold, they were all bound. I saw, and they all stood before him. And the judgment was held first over the stars, and they were judged and found guilty, and went to the place of condemnation. And they were cast into an abyss full of fire and flaming and full of pillars of fire. And those seventy shepherds were judged and found guilty. And they were cast into that fiery abyss. And I saw at that time how a like abyss was open in the midst of the earth full of fire. And they brought those blinded sheep and they were all judged and found guilty and cast into this fiery abyss and they burned. Now this was this abyss was to the right of that house. And I saw those sheep burning and their bones burning. And I stood up to see till they folded up that old house and carried off all the pillars and all the beams and ornaments of the house were at the same time folded up with it and they carried it off and laid it in a place in the south of the land. And I saw till the Lord of the sheep brought a new house greater and loftier than that first and set it up in the place of the first which had been folded up. All its pillars were new and its ornaments were new and larger than those of the first. The old one which had take, been take, had, he had taken away and all the sheep were within it. And I saw all the sheep which had been left and all the beasts on the earth and all the birds of the heaven falling down and doing homage to those sheep and making petition to and obeying them in everything. And thereafter those three who were clothed in white and had seized me by my hand, who had taken me up before, and the hand of that ram also seizing hold of me, they took me up and set me down in the midst of those sheep before the judgment took place. And those sheep were all white, and their wool was abundant and clean, and all that had been destroyed and dispersed, and all the beasts of the field, and all the birds of the heaven, assembled in that house. And the Lord of the sheep rejoiced with great joy, because they were all good, and had returned to his house. And I saw till they laid down that sword which had been given to the sheep, and they brought it back into the house. And it was sealed before the presence of the Lord, and all the sheep were invited into that house. But it held them not, and the eyes of them all were open, and they saw the good, and there was not one among them that did not see. And I saw that that house was large and broad and very full. And I saw that a white bull was born with large horns, and all the beasts of the field and all the birds of the air feared him and made petition to him 
all the time. And I saw till all their generations were transformed, and they all became white bulls. And the first among them became a lamb, and that lamb became a great animal and had great black horns on his head. And the Lord of the sheep rejoiced over it and over all the oxen. And I slept in their midst, and I awoke and saw everything. This is the vision which I saw while I slept, and I awoke and blessed the Lord of righteousness, and gave him glory. Then I wept with a great weeping, and my tears stayed not till I could no longer endure it. When I saw, they flowed on account of what I had seen. For everything shall come and be fulfilled. And all the deeds of men in their order were shown to me. On that night, I remembered the first dream. And because of it, I wept and was troubled because I had seen that vision. So, yeah, this is where uh, Charles has gone past where I left off in Lawrence. And that pretty much, I think that wraps it up. I'm, I'm not sure if it we does. Can, we, what we go into after that. Because um, there's a whole Book other... Exhortation. Yeah, it goes into... promise blessing for the righteous. So, um, what do we got? Eight minutes left on the broadcast. Uh, Ken Johnson uh, talks about in the beginning of chapter 90 in the Charles that uh, verse 2 through 5 talks about the Roman dispersion after Bar Kokhba, A.D. 132 to 1948. He says that's what's going on there. And then he says in verse 5, modern Israel, the 23, and he says, Note on the 23 shepherds. These have to be interpreted in one of three ways. One, there will be 23 prime ministers who occupy... 58 terms of office, some being re-elected. Re Currently, there have been 13 prime ministers out of 21 terms of office. Two, there will be 23 prime ministers in 58 Israeli governments. Currently, there have been 13 prime ministers out of 32 Israeli governments. Or three, there will be 23 terms in 58 governments. Currently, there have been 21 terms out of 32 governments. Uh... He says the most literal interpretation would be 23 prime ministers in 58 terms. According to Wikipedia, as of 2012, there have been 13 men ruling 21 terms of office for 32 governments in 64 years. The lists are given here, and he gives a list. Add to them as time goes by and figure out how to properly interpret this prophecy. So he starts with David Ben-Gurion. And he ends, that that's 1 through 21, ending with Benjamin Netanyahu. Mm -hmm. uh, and then he's got a, a, a remaining list of 58, for, from 22 to 58, left open for people to fill in from 2012 wow. to the present. So, you know, it's something interesting. Lot. Yeah, in the 58 governments of Israel, he has, beginning March 8th, 1949, as the first going, I, I'm assuming this is like administrations, like we have presidential offices, to uh, 31 March 2009 would be the 32nd. And so he's got 33 through 58 left blank to be filled in. Um, I'm not typically one that gives a whole lot of weight to the 1948 deal, so I don't know how much I would subscribe to this, but it is an interesting mm -hmm. interpretation, certainly. Mm -hmm. 
And then verses 6 and 7, he's got Messianic versus Orthodox and Secular. Uh, 8 and 9, he's got a Futuristic Messianic leader rising up. Um, 9 and 10, Messianic Judaism becomes the norm. 11, persecution turns towards the Messianic Jews. Beginning in verse 13, the remnant flee to Petra. Uh, 15 and 16, God's wrath, three and a half years. 17 through 19, 12 shepherds of the seven-year tribulation period. 20 uh, and following the millennial reign. Judgment of the stars, the watchers and everything in verse 24. Judgment of the 70 shepherds in 25 through 27. The millennial temples being set up in 28 through 29. Sheep and goat judgment uh, from verses 30 to the end. Wow. So, yeah. Certainly familiar with all that, but definitely the stuff leading up to it uh, is something to, you know, to, I mean, not that we could probably even interpret it, but it's something to consider uh, because it is their prophetic, you know, in the book of Enoch as to what leads up to that millennial and the judgment and the tribulation and all that. Yeah, um, I mean, something that caught my attention when the first time I read this was like, wow, I mean, he's literally going from the creation of Adam to the end of the millennial reign. Right. So it yeah, does. That is it, it does com- encompass a l- large uh, chunk of history for sure. I mean, it's all of human history, uh, including some that has yet to occur. Um, although uh, an interesting criticism that I heard and it was uh, given by uh, Dave Murphy. He's like, how come in the animal apocalypse it doesn't mention your Yeshua character? Of course, he doesn't believe Yeshua is the Messiah. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I, I, I got to admit that is an interesting omission. Uh, I didn't see anything in here that would indicate, uh, you know, a, a shepherd or a sheep or something, you know, some kind of allegory mentioned um, as rising up and doing a significant change. Here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the only thing with regard to that is that in the chapters 40 through 60, uh, we see how Yeshua is the judge for and comes back for the harvest and is the one that takes the seat of judgment for what is all of that yeah, as for far sure. as the millennial reign and all that. So. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the, the, the early to mid-40s, chapters mm-hmm. certainly did talk about this son of man who was clearly a messianic character yeah um, and we talked about in previous show that we reject the idea that some want to say that that messianic character that son of man is said to be Enoch um, based on right, right, I forget yeah. what chapter was in the 70s I think that we looked at um, mm. I mean you can take that to a point but then it falls apart uh, sp- especially when you look at those chapters that you're talking about in the, right. in, the, in the 40s. So, you know, it could be that this vision is meant to, to tell a a different picture. Um, you know, it's kind of like... With, yeah, humanity, maybe. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like uh, when you look at the, the book of Revelation and you realize that it's not a sequential chronological order, that there are overlaps. And when Doug Hamp and I were doing season one, let's call it, of Quest for Truth, we were talking about in terms of like a walking into a video control room 
if you've ever walked into like a studio control room for like a major news network or something, you'll see lots of monitors, you know, right, and there's a right. director saying, okay, you know, ready, you know, take one, you know, you know, camera two, you know, take two, uh, you know, multiple cameras, multiple news sources and stuff right. like that. And so we envisioned uh, John coming up into the heavenly control room and looking at one monitor and going, and then I saw blah, 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 blah. And he looks to another <laughs> monitor. Right. And then I saw, you know, that he's just trying to do the best he can, taking in all yes. of this information, um, right. you know, giving this uh, order of events. So, you know, maybe it's something like that where this vision has a specific purpose that uh, is being conveyed here. It's not something that I've spent any significant amount of time mulling over and trying to figure out. Yeah, my, me either. So yeah, it's something people can look into for themselves. Um, the book I'm talking about is The Ancient Book of Enoch, uh, published by Dr. Ken Johnson. You can get that on Amazon. He's got a lot of interesting insights. And like anything else, you know, it's uh, I'm kind of like chew the meat, toss the bones kind of right. thing and take right. what I think works and consider the rest for whatever it is. But another great show, brother. Yeah, absolutely. Um, looking forward to getting into the next aspects of it as well. Yep, so we'll be on your show next Thursday. Thursday, yep. All right, good night, everybody. Blessings. Good night.